You're listening to the Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Hey, good afternoon. And I almost forgot how to work the microphone because it hasn't been that long, but it's been a little while. Uh, I, You know, it's a pet peeve of mine, and now I'm about to do the thing that drives me nuts, which is when people say Happy New Year, like days or weeks after the New Year. It always it bugs me, but I feel like I owe you a Happy New Year because I haven't uh, had a show since Boxing Day. So I hope you had a great holiday and a uh, safe one and that things have been going well for you so far in 2016. Um, I spent almost three weeks in Taiwan and uh, just over three weeks with my parents. So if you are, you know, an occasional listener of the show or if you follow or interact with me on social media, then you have an idea of what it's like to be with my parents or even not to be with my parents and just to have to like FaceTime them or talk to them. Um, so my last, the last show I did before uh, my trip was Boxing Day. So December 26th, that was actually the day that my parents and I were flying out to Taipei and I dragged them into the station and they didn't really, it wasn't that they didn't want to be here. It's that they thought I was joking when I said, you have to come on the show with me because as I mentioned, you know, they're, I mean, they're obviously very media shy, and part of that is they're not comfortable uh, with English being their second language. But it did end up being quite entertaining. So if you want to catch the podcast, you can do that uh, on my website, paychen.com. You can also find the show in iTunes. And I do have to say it is probably my uh, – because they're my parents, I have to say that it is my the favorite episode of the show that I've done. And you can get some insight into what it really – that I'm not exaggerating when I speak about – what my parents uh, say to me, um, it, it is absolutely true. And if you listen to the podcast, you will hear what it's like in a way. You'll get a glimpse of what it's like to have them as my parents. Uh, so I did survive the trip. I traveled with my mom and dad, uh, my uncle who lives in Victoria, B.C., my brother, who's also in B.C., my sister-in-law, and my 10-month-old niece, who, by the way even though I am biased, she is really adorable. And I've posted photos and videos of her and of the trip on all my social media accounts. So Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Pei Chen. You can find me there. Um, it was it was an interesting trip. I'll talk about it a bit later in the show as well. I was a little, I think, overly ambitious in terms of what I thought the weather would be like. My brother and I, we saw, we didn't even pay attention really to the weather. We just looked at the weather forecast and we saw like 18 degrees, 20 degrees. So we're idiots. We packed summer clothes, even though it's fully, fully fall there and people are wearing, um, people are wearing North Face jackets and toques. And my brother and I packed shorts and t-shirts. So let me tell you that for three weeks, I rotated the two pairs of jeans that I had and the like hoodie and the sweatshirt that I brought as my, um, you know, you wear like cozy clothes on the plane, but you never actually plan to wear them out in public. Uh, that's what I wore when I was in Taiwan. Uh, and part of the reason we went back actually was because my parents uh, decided that they would go back. My brother and I had been humming and hawing about how it would be nice and also is important with um, a lot of our family being older that we try to make a family trip of it at some time. And it had been almost 10 years, actually, since I've been to Taiwan. 
And I realized that since in those 10 years, a lot of my family has passed away and a lot of them are now in, you know, questionable health. So I waited a bit too long to go back. Uh, but the reason my dad really wanted to be there this time of year was to vote. So he flew all the way to Taiwan so that he could vote in the election. And that just happened um, within the past 24 hours. So Taiwan is 13 hours ahead. And you may have heard it in the news a little bit. I know it's not the biggest news story in Canada, but Taiwan basically elected their first female president, which is big news. And um, I saw one of the first tweets I saw this morning was a link to a story about her. So like Time Magazine and all, a lot of American um, news sites actually have been writing profiles about her. And the tweet said, um, <laughs> meet Taiwan's first female president. She loves cats and supports gay rights. And I thought those are two great reasons to love someone. <laughs> I don't really love cats, but I support your decision to love cats. Um, so I'd also love to know, because I've been away for a while, feel free to text in. I'm sorry if I start going off on little tangents. I am just a little bit jet lagged, but you can always text in at 7 10 10. Uh, the show is live until 4 p.m. Um, if you've made any New Year's resolutions that you've actually stuck with so far, now that we're 16 days into 2016, let me know if you've actually been able to stick to any sort of goal or resolution that you've made. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, text in at 7 10 10. If, like many people, uh, one of your resolutions may have been to be healthier this year. And my next guest uh, will have great, healthy, natural tips to help you out. And I think a lot of you will be very familiar with her. Kim Dion is an award winning TV host. And uh, many of you would know her from ET Canada and other shows as well. You've been on TV for, it's been a while, Kim. <laughs> I know. I actually get nervous when I tell people how long I've been on TV, but then I always make a joke that I started when I was like 15. Yeah, same here. For sure, right? <laughs> Back in the good old days. But you became a registered holistic nutritionist because you just love, like you you pursued your passion mm -hmm. of healthy eating. Yeah, I mean, that you know, I... I I figured out so many things about my own body, you know, through my evolution towards eating healthier and healthier. And, you know, I'm like a really normal person, you know, like I, uh, I worked in broadcast, I was a busy person, but I still, you know, made time to cook that way. And I think that was like my most proud moments when I would go into work and I'd have like a soup or some something I made the day before and yeah. people would smell it and they'd be like, that smells amazing. Can I, can I have the recipe? And I just, I loved that. And I'd yeah. spend this time, you know, like typing up a recipe and sending it to them and feeling really, really proud about it. I mean, I think that's, that goes to show you something. Yeah. <laughs> You're I, getting more excited about recipes than red carpets than. <laughs> well, then you kind of find your true calling, right? right. And, and it's you, so important. And you make, and then you decide to make time for what it is that you're really passionate about. It's, it's one thing to, it's really easy to be busy with work, 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 mm -hmm. and then kind of have this other thing that you go, wow, but this is the thing that really excites me. True. And like when you get to be a certain age, the idea of, you know, going back to school and changing your career path and, you know, becomes scary. And for some people, it's it's not possible. I was lucky enough to be in a position where I could make it possible and really, yeah, like you said, like follow up, follow after my passion and make it make it work. And I have to tell you, and it's and it's a lot of work. It is work. You know, and I had a backpack and I went to school. <laughs> I was really impressed with that because I've sometimes thought like, oh, if I went back to school, you know, maybe just to learn something new. Right. Um, I have a hard time with with the idea of going back in my late 30s and going like, actually, that's what terrifies me the most. <laughs> 
It's the school. idea of going back to school at this age and having like 20 year olds or something in my class in the classroom and thinking, oh, my God, I just don't relate to you. Right. Well, it's like standing on a red carpet nowadays. Yeah. Right. You know, it's just like we are getting older. That's what's happening. But I think, you know, to embrace it and just and and know that when you make that decision, when you are, you know, our age, it's a decision that's coming from a true place mm-hmm. and you are there to learn and you are there to absorb every single morsel of everything, which is a very different feeling than perhaps maybe you had in university. I mean, I, yeah, absolutely. Where you're kind of like half falling asleep on the table, you know, and all the rest. It's different because this time you're focused. You totally know exactly focused. why you're there. You yeah, know? I and couldn't it- actually get enough. I couldn't really? get enough. I when I, you know, I just wanted the classes to go on forever. I, you know, in my mind, I'm like, if I had ten more years, you know, I would go. I would just wow. never stop learning. And in for what I do, it's actually true. You just never stop learning. You're yeah. always reading up on the latest studies and what's happening. So it, it was definitely like an empowering feeling. And yes, I was going to school with younger people and twenty, <laughs> but they love me and they embrace me because how could you not? How could you not? <laughs> how could you not love Kim? Now we, have, uh, you're actually a fellow East Coaster, which I That's love. That's right. We're both from Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think of when, uh, when did you leave there? When did you leave? Oh, Nova? I think it was like 11 years ago now. Oh, wow. I know. God, I, time flies. And I, I feel like we, um, we kind of reinforce that stereotype that everyone in the East Coast knows each other. Because yeah. we didn't grow up knowing each other. No. Like I left right after high school. Um, I lived in Sackville, Nova Scotia. And, uh, but we ran into, like, we met a couple of years ago because one of your very good childhood friends is a friend of one of my old school friends. And so <laughs> I think it may have been, like, it was a holiday party. It was. that was the time of year when I would go home. Yeah. And uh, I remember meeting you and thinking, like, oh, my gosh, I've been watching Kim for so many years on TV. And then I realized, I'm like, oh, of course, I'm meeting her in Halifax. We both grew <laughs> up. And it just, like, reinforces that thing of, like, hey, you're from Halifax. Do you know? And then I'm like, it's Seriously. It like, happened. even, you know, well, you Richard Krause, who does a show here yes. on News Talk 1010, I was talking to him about my eat some good movement, right? Because for us, he got it right away. Mm -hmm. If I said eat some good to you, you would think I meant eat a little bit of good. Yeah. But what I actually mean is eat very good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and this is another, uh, the last time I flew home from Halifax, I turned around and Richard Cross was sitting on the plane behind me. So again, we all do know each other out in Nova Scotia. (laughs) Uh, Now let's define for people very quickly what a holistic nutritionist is because everyone may not know. That's true. Yeah. I mean... In a nutshell, we look at the body as a whole system. And even if I were to go further than that, we look at the body in conjunction with every other element that, you know, in your lifestyle, in the world, like we're all connected. Um, but, you know, I think the thing that's uh, sort of the differentiating factor between a holistic nutritionist and other forms of people who educate around nutrition um, is that we we sort of individualize our approach to everybody because you are going to be very different from me, even if we both have a cough. Mm -hmm. The reason you have a cough might be very different from the reason that I do. And the way that you process food or the way that you uh, have, you know, the stress levels that you might have in your life are different from mine. So I think, you know, that's really the thing. We look at everyone on an individual basis and sort of uh, come up with ways to help them based on their unique individual constitution. Well, I'm really... I'm interested in it because I love the idea of of um, tackling certain ailments or health concerns uh, in the most natural way first, right. if possible. So Kim's actually going to stick around for a bit on the show. We're going to talk about um, 
why tomorrow was sort of an important day on the calendar for some people. <laughs> and Kim also has some really great ideas about uh, making yourself feel better with the foods that you eat. A lot of times we just think food is nutrition, like we just need the calories so we're not hungry, so we can keep functioning. But it turns out that, you know, a lot of what you choose to put into your body will have a huge effect on your mood, how you feel. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who have made um, being healthy a goal for the new year, uh, Kim's got great tips on how you can actually stick to it and stick by it. And also later on, we'll talk about some of the food trends of 2016 and the things you should eat more of. So my guest is registered holistic nutritionist Kim Dion. She's going to stick around. This is the Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Welcome back to the show, and thanks for joining me. Uh, PayChen.com is the website. You can always find podcasts there of the show. Um, my guest in studio is registered holistic nutritionist and TV personality Kim Dion. Uh, we have been talking about uh, people who have made resolutions or goals, let's mm -hmm. say, to be healthier in the new year. And I feel like that's something that people always want. But when the new year rolls around, it's it's sort of that incentive, right? Mm -hmm. To like, okay, I'm going, I'm going to do it. I'm either going to start exercising or I'm going to eat better. I'm going to quit smoking. Mm -hmm. I'm to, all those things that we know we should be doing. And it's tough to kind of get that push to do it. Um, and somehow we think in the middle of winter in, Ca in Canada. The most depressing time of year. The, <laughs> the worst time, time. Yeah, the worst time to go outdoors. You're obviously <laughs> yeah. going to walk to the gym five days a week. Yeah. It doesn't always happen. Yeah. Um, now, tomorrow, I didn't know this. I didn't know that January 17th is a certain specific day on the calendar. Yes, that's right. It's, it's officially ditch your New Year's resolution day. And that's because that's when they found most people. That's the day that most people will fall off. Really? So that's so what we said. 17 days in. Between the two and three week mark. Right. I mean, and yeah, you get it. And it's yeah. also, again, like you said, you know, you're waking up, it's dark outside, it's cold outside. You go, oh, I had the best of intentions. Why do we choose to do this in that time yeah. frame just because the, the calendar is changing over? Um, but yeah, that, you know, 80% of people who make resolutions don't stick to them. But we That's know. Not, but you know what? That surprises me that 20% of people do. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're like, but yeah, I think there's like, there's, it depends on what study you look at. You yeah. know, it's like some people say as little as 10% stick to them. And, the, and, and there's so many factors involved. It's, you know, your constitution, your willpower and all the rest. But, you know, it's those external factors like we were talking about. Plus, we're exhausted because the holidays have just happened. Yeah. And we've been visiting, running around. I don't know about you. It's like half of us are on a plane somewhere. We're like, we're just, you know, we're drinking. And, and so then you're exhausted and you're like, now you're implementing those changes. And like you said, you know, if, if being healthy was, if being a little bit more healthy was the resolution that people made, mm. that would be great. But it's not. It's usually like, I'm going to go to the gym seven days a week, and I'm also going to lose 30 pounds in 30 days. And, you know, these things that are just super unrealistic. They're very ambitious. I feel like it's because the year ends and we think, oh, do I feel good about what happened this year? And did I uh, did I achieve what I wanted to? No. Next year, I want to set really high goals because we're always told to aim high. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> and we actually don't have this connection with our future self a lot. I was just listening to a radio interview about yeah. like how we can't actually um, envision what our future self is going to be. So it's like, yeah, schluff off the responsibility on that future, Kim. Yeah. She'll do it. <laughs> She'll do it. She's, she's very determined. <laughs> right, exactly. So then let's talk about, um, I guess, your work as a holistic nutritionist mm. and obviously promoting healthy eating. Right. Um, and what are some realistic ways that we can actually you know, maybe achieve our goal of being healthier. And I know that people have different reasons for being 
healthy. Sometimes it's just to get rid of those aches and pains or mm-hmm. they know that uh, their smoking or drinking is going to lead to something worse. It could be weight loss. It could be having more energy. There are many different reasons. Exactly. Exactly. There are so many different reasons. And I think like the proof is always in the pudding. If you can make a little change and a little change can have a profound effect on your life, then you're like, oh, hey, I'm on to something. This actually really works. So I, you know, I call myself the realistic holistic because mm-hmm. all I, I'm about kind of saying like it's slow and steady that wins the race. Really, it's not about making drastic changes in a small amount of time um, because you might do it for like, let's say you eat chocolate every single day and you say right. come January, I'm not going to eat it anymore. Well, first of all, you're going to be depressed mm-hmm. and it's hard, you know, to just be, you know, flat out denying yourself of the things that you love. So a more realistic thing would be to say I'm going to have it twice a week instead of seven days and then I'm going right. to curtail it the next month and the next month. And, but people, you know, want that quick fix. And I understand it. But I have a couple of tips um, that that may not be as sexy, but mm-hmm. I'm telling you, they really work. Like, I don't know <laughs> if you, when you wake up in the morning, you have a glass of water right away. I don't know if you do that. I have lemon water. Good I for do. you. I've been doing that for a couple of years. Perfect. Half a lemon? I do half a lemon. Should I be doing a whole lemon? No, no. Half a because lemon is amazing. The reason I do half a lemon is because sometimes I buy organic lemons and they're really expensive. So I'm <laughs> yeah, trying exactly. To and you're like, but it's just juice. I'm trying to stretch it out. <laughs> no, I always have that sort of weird <laughs> guilt when you like you see the lemon rind in the compost and yeah. you're like, <gasps> I'm like, that was that lemon was a dollar. <laughs> No, so I'm trying to stretch it out. Make but it 50 good cents. for you for doing it. So yeah, if you could do lemon water in the morning, and if you're actually going to take it up a notch and do a, you know in warm water, it's great. Mm-hmm. It's great for your digestion. It's it's great for the liver. It's great for all these things. It's great for your, even your breath. Oh, I mean, that's good. like a fringe benefit. But yeah. you know, you know, you wake up, you have that morning breath. Anyway, so lemon water. If you can just try to incorporate that mm-hmm. um, every day, see how you feel in two weeks. You'll you'll what notice. What does that a, do? What does that half a lemon do? Oh, the half. Well, half a lemon is just a good amount of lemon. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not like a don't just drop in. Yeah. A sliver because it looks pretty. <laughs> it actually does something. There's all kinds of count compounds in it. There's antioxidants. Yeah. Um, it supports your adrenal glands, the vitamin C. Oh, good. It supports the liver. I feel in, really good about this decision. Oh, yeah. Yes, it's a good choice. And it's a simple thing. You know, if you tell somebody, look, okay, you're not going to have to cut out coffee altogether right away. Yeah. Just try with the lemon water and then have your coffee a little bit later. It might be hard for the first week, but then you'll get into a routine. And trust me, it, it makes a world of difference. It, also, it if we want to get a little technical, it helps yeah. you go to the bathroom. That's good. Right? It's uh, Lemon it sort of activates the contractions in our mm-hmm. body that go from our mouth all the way down to the other end. Perfect. Peristalsis. <laughs> and, and, it, and it helps you go yeah. number two. Good. And I think that's why a lot of people drink coffee. So yes. there yeah, you go. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I would bet that's a reason. So then let's also look at... Um, because I know that you've paired with um, a company to do like a, this a refresh. Right. I kind of like the name of that because I feel like the you know there's a lot of cleanses out there and then yeah. the word's been used a lot. Right. That is so true. And cleanse and detox and people and there's yes. so much misinformation and there's so much uh, infighting and about what those words mean. And I know we only have a little bit of a time. So, but yes, I did. I paired up with uh, it's a cold pressed juice company mm-hmm. uh, here in Canada, a great one called Cedar Juices. And basically, they have cleanse programs. But they, you know, the opportunity that I had was to create real food recipes because you know me, I'm all about eating. I'm all about cooking with real or uh, organic ingredients and making these amazing meals that taste delicious. So when I had the opportunity to bring the notion that you can actually still eat and do, I guess you could call it a mini cleanse. I mean, it's a matter of semantics, but you know, you can still fuel the body with all of the amazing nutrients that it needs to do its job effectively while getting out, you know, the stuff that you shouldn't be doing, like, Mm -hmm. you know, the sugars and the alcohols, the caffeine and all that. 
And if it, and if you need something to just give you a bit of a kick, like some people need that. Yeah. Some people don't. Say, so you know what? I'll just cut all that on my own and I'll f- – good for – amazing. Yeah. But if you're like, I just need a little push in the right direction and mm-hmm. you just do, you know, the three-day refresh or something where you have some juices, cold press, they're organic, it's non-GMO, it's all this really great stuff. You're getting all the nutrients that basically allow your body to work properly. This is one right. thing we forget all the time you mention it. It's like yeah. we think that food is just about filling us up, but mm-hmm. it's actually – all the nutrients, vitamin, minerals, they're all like Not important. all food acts the same way. Yeah. And we need it for, you know, like it, magnesium might be mm. in something. We need magnesium to do like 350 different things. Yeah. So oh, wow. you got to look at it as like it's fuel for your cells. So, you know, you get, you know, a super hyper dose of, of nutrients when you do a cold press juice because... There is no fiber, so it's going straight into your bloodstream. So these are these are some benefits to, you know, a, a juice. And this is not like the standard juice you're getting on your grocery store right. shelves. It's yeah. just nothing but pasteurized and it's sugar and it's not that. Um, but then with the food, you know, it's like if you do something that's easier on, on your digestion. Because mm-hmm. so the real premise behind helping your body detox is that, yes, our bodies naturally detox. That's what our liver is for. That's what all the other organs mm-hmm. of elimination are for. But they're congested. Like they're full... The world that we live in right now is not the world that we evolved in. You know what I'm saying? So when you take some of the energy away from digesting junk Mm -hmm. all the time and eating too much and too much bad stuff, you free up your body's resources to to do amazing things. And, and, you know, your liver is just one of them. But your immune system, you know, everything that you need to be fully healthy. So, you know, you want to take the burden off the digestion when you can. So that's kind of what that's all about. And I think... uh, a lot of us, especially during the winter, and uh, I'm guilty of this. In the summer, I eat a, I'm, I go to the farmer's market. I've always got fresh stuff in the fridge. And you feel like eating cold salads, yes. lighter food. Come the winter, I want the pastas and the lasagnas and all, you know, that sort of thing. So <laughs> it can, it's almost, you can almost switch your diet very, very quickly. Yeah. So I think it's nice to give people a reason to, uh, you know, kind of go back to the fresh stuff and say, look, you know what, you can make this your your main meal of the day exactly. is you know, centered around um, some good stuff here. So Kim is actually going to stick around. We're going to talk a little bit more uh, after the break about some of the foods that you should be eating more of in the next year and also winter warming foods. So incorporating some of those good for you items that you'll find around, you'll find in the produce section in the winter because mm-hmm. it's sadly not all breads and pastas, which <laughs> is really easy to, to kind of churn towards. Right. Uh, so my guest Kim Dion is going to stick around after the break. You can still text in at 7 10 10 if you've if you have any questions or we're taking a quick break here on the pay chen show we'll be back right after this where opinions are celebrated the pay chen show on news talk 10 10 thanks for tuning in my guest today is registered holistic nutritionist kim dion also tv personality you may be quite familiar with her but her her job now is basically to inform you educate you and try to get you to eat better, be healthier. And it was sort of the perfect time to have you on the show because, well, as you mentioned, January 17th is ditch your New Year's resolution day. That's kind of when most people fall off the wagon. Right. And a lot of people, whatever the end goal might be in terms of being healthier, a lot of people do. I don't know anyone who, who would say, I don't want to be healthier. Some make it more of a priority than others. Right. Well, I mean, I think some young people, there is a sort of something that's, trendy about you know not giving a crap yeah that's right? true like i can eat 10 burgers yeah. and it doesn't affect me. well and oh, all you have will. to do is look on <laughs> you know i watch almost any television program and it's yeah. like the bigger the burger the better how yeah. much can you eat all yeah. at once right so we have this culture of like 
is kind of cool. It's excessive too. I think we have a culture yeah. of like extremes know. and excessive. But we know it will catch up to you. We do. We're telling you right yes. now. <laughs> so I want to talk a bit about uh, winter warming foods. I to me, I interpret that as like good things to eat in the winter that aren't necessarily like the, the pastas and the I, even though that's delicious and the, those are the things my body I think my body craves right in the winter. Well, you know, and I think, too, depending on the way that you were raised and what, you know, I mean, carbohydrates, there's a whole discussion about why we are drawn to them, obviously. Mm -hmm. I mean, they turn into sugar right away. They make us feel good for, but then they quickly, you know, then it's gone and then you're hungry again and it's a vicious cycle with blood sugar and all the rest. But um, warming foods are grounding foods. So when you think about in in terms of a vegetable, more like produce-based diet, it's things that are coming from the ground. So root vegetables, you know, like, yeah, yeah, like potatoes, sweet potatoes, turnips, Mm -hmm. squash, all that stuff, like even Brussels sprouts or cabbages is more hearty, leafy vegetables that can Mm -hmm. withstand. So those things, you know, this is the way the world works. This is the way the earth works. And we are meant to feed off of the earth. So these are good things to eat in the winter. And you can warm them up. You can bake them in a million amazing ways. Like for me, when I'm home and sometimes I look in the fridge and I go, I don't really have anything here to make a meal that I've planned out on my head. You just chop up a few vegetables and you just roast them. I mean, yeah. it's so easy and you don't have to do anything. Yeah, you got to chop them. Okay, <laughs> you're going to have to do a, a little, little bit of work. A little bit. Yeah. But, but you know, it can be fun and you put on music and you do it and then you go away and do something else while they're roasting and it's warming and it's very good for you. And, you know, I just think like there's such a way to make all of this stuff accessible. And I think that's the real thing. People look at it and go, oh, I could never, I could never don't have time or I could never look. It's so pretty. And I mean, I feel guilty about it because the stuff I put out on my social media mm-hmm. is like pretty pictures of food. I mean, you do the same photos. thing. You do the same thing. It's like you, you, you're you proud of what you made. So you, t- you take often what I'm eating. It may be good for me, but it looks like crap. Yeah. I don't sh- I don't share that all the time. Probably I should. <laughs> but, you know, so I think it's, a, you know, making winter warming foods is super accessible, mm-hmm. full of fiber. They're full of antioxidants. They're full of all the good stuff. Um, and yeah, it's not bread and it's not pasta, but you know, spiralizing, I know we're going to get to trends later on, but making veggies into a quote unquote noodle. So here's the thing. This past year, I would say 2015 for me was a year of seeing zucchini noodles all over social media. So everyone got, got a spiralizer and I was sort of, I was drawn to it except for I live in such a small space that I saw how big the spiralizer is. I'm like, I do not have room for one more appliance. I don't own one. It's only this big. And And she's gesturing to like two, (laughs) a foot and a half. Okay. (laughs) Kim, I live in less than 500 square feet. No, I know. (laughs) I did too, just up up until recently. And I know, um, but it is quite the gadget. I've heard, I've heard. And you know, so I saw like this, I felt like this was the year that everyone was making pasta out of vegetables, basically. Yes. So they were spiralizing and making like noodle-like uh, things out of zucchini or carrots or whatever, Zoodles. which looked great. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I don't, I, I look at that and I think, yeah, that looks delicious. I just don't have the machine, which I realize is a probably a good All right, investment. okay. So, you know, when you don't have the machine, I've you know, some of those recipes that we're talking about in the Refresh program, mm-hmm. um, you could spiralize them for sure. But I made sure that I just put, I just actually indicated that you can grate them because grating oh, things yeah. is great. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Such a good <laughs> pun. But, you know, when you grate like a zucchini or you grate a carrot or you grate a raw beet or any of these, you know, grounding foods, they become something totally different. If you, you know what I mean? If you showed somebody a chopped up raw zucchini, if you're totally hardcore health, mm-hmm. you'll you'll be like, that looks enticing. Mm-hmm. But few people would. Few. Yeah. And now if you grate it and it looks more like 
for lack of better words, like some sort of like grated cheese or yeah. something like that. You know, so we're seeing and that that's such a part of the whole experience. It right? makes it easier to eat when the texture is is um manageable when, yeah where it's like the pieces are smaller because i would if you showed me a raw beet i would say roast that Same. so that it's really sweet i would not take a bite of a raw no. beet but having grated raw beets in a salad is so delicious it's delicious as right? you know same with carrots like i don't actually like chewing on carrots yeah but in it's a salad, so much work i've also though been angry because i once thought that grated carrots was cheese in a salad and i was uh, really <laughs> upset about it lunch so big let down yeah no so let's talk carrots a bit about, are fantastic uh, uh, some of the food trends this year and things that people will probably see a little bit more of mm, that, yeah. and that they might want to think about eating more of because they have, you know, certain health benefits to them. So I know that a big one for me that I have been seeing is that because um, I love kale. I eat kale almost every day. I actually put it in my smoothies. Okay. And and that's one way to just kind of get it. Get it in. In during the day. So yep. I put it in the smoothies and it doesn't require chewing. Um, <laughs> you don't like to chew, Chen. <laughs> sometimes I don't. I'm like, I'm such a lazy eater. Um, I also like the way that, you know, really soft cheeses just kind of like slide down my throat. So... There is a new kale, even though I'm really quite partial to the old kale. But I do love that seaweed is considered the new kale. So people will see a bit more of seaweed. I like that partly because of my Asian background. Right. I've always eaten seaweed. Right. And it, for a long time, it was just not something anyone else ate. Yeah, yeah. Of course. And also being from Halifax, too. Yeah. You know, it's like, we, you know, there's, I think they were selling like dulse in the, They're you know. always selling dulse, but yeah. I, uh, I know, that's again, a required taste. And it's also about the preparation, right? I yeah. mean, I'm a nutritionist. I'm not going to sit and, and chomp on a giant thing of red algae. I, yeah. it's, it's I need to chop it, it up. Funny. I need to put it in a stew or yeah. something like that. Grate it. <laughs> <laughs> don't know how well that would work. I don't know either. <laughs> Someone will do it. Someone will do it. But the thing, and I'm glad you brought that up because the thing with trends, and I love to talk about trends, we're going to get into it, but is that it makes me squirm a little bit because people say, oh, well, that's so trendy. And the only reason you're doing it is because it's trendy. And it's like, no, no, no. People in other parts of the world have been doing this for thousands and thousands of years to great health benefits and doing, all, and now, you know what? We caught on to it over here in North America. It's about yeah. time. But, you know, so yes, kale, they're saying that seaweed is the new kale. Mm -hmm. um, don't get rid of your kale. Yeah. Keep your kale. I'll keep all the leafy greens. Like I think, you know, we always have to remember variety, variety, variety. Yes, that is sure. super, super important. But but incorporate seaweed. I mean, there's so many fun ways to eat it. You can go to the health food store. You can get a shaker. You can, um, you know, get these uh, sort of the wakame salad. Salads. It's easier it's like, to to find like seaweed salad where for a while you might only find it in your favorite sushi restaurant. Exactly. But now because it's become more trendy and people want it more, you're able to find it in uh, different preparations and different right. varieties. So and it's, it's so more good accessible. for you. You know, in terms of the mineral content. You know, it's, they're bathed in the minerals of the ocean all the time. So it's like you're getting like a real, like a mega dose versus, you know, a land plant that is not, you know, you're getting all that calcium, magnesium, and then sodium. So it, a natural sodium, you can use it instead of salt. But the thing about that I love to talk about with seaweed is for thyroid health. Oh. So the iodine in seaweed mm -hmm. is, is very beneficial for thyroid health, which regulates your metabolism and your oh, weight and your energy and, you know, hormones and all that oh, stuff. Oh, I didn't so, realize that. Yeah, so seaweed is very good. Okay. What else are we going to see? Um, you, you know, I love talking about oats. I actually just snapped a picture today on my Instagram. Yeah, you're big on oats. I had oats today for the first time in weeks. Oh, yeah. Well, do you like yeah. them? I do. I like steel-cut oats. Right. Or I like oatmeal cookies. <laughs> 
<laughs> as which, long as you don't have to chew them. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as long as I can blend it into a smoothie, my oatmeal cookie. I'm such fine. a, yeah, I do love a smoothie because there's, yeah, no chewing. But anyway, um, yeah, oats are just basically getting a makeover. So mm. more and more people are, you know, because because there's like, quote unquote, there's oatmeal porn on Instagram. People are are making these dishes into super full bowls of, of anything they can think to put on there, making it real pretty. So it's great. Oats are getting their time back in the spotlight and um, they're full they're of. They're also inexpensive. They're the inexpensive. reason I want to bring that up is that people are noticing now that their food co- grocery costs are going up, you know, mm-hmm. the droughts in the U.S., certain produce is becoming more expensive. So, mm-hmm. you know, instead of uh, buying the fast food to go food, like there are some really healthy foods that are very inexpensive and oats is one of them. Oats is one of them. And so so are pulses. So the U.N. has declared it's the year of the pulse, the year of the pulse. And which is funny because I kind of well, because I live and breathe nutrition I'm like of yeah. course it's the pulse and so many people are like what is a what pulse, is a pulse? what is yeah. a pulse um, it's just the dried seed or bean inside of a legume we all know legumes it's a vegetable that looks like it has a pod and there's things inside of it so basically. pulses include lentils chickpeas chickpeas bar- is barley no, no. barley is a grain um, um, lentils beans peas even yeah. peas peas so are pulses so a lot of the things that we actually have been eating all the time but may not have referred to as, <laughs> as a pulse, pulse but yeah. now you will yeah. um, But and on, they're super cheap like you said you know they're cheap if you buy them in bulk and dried mm-hmm. I mean there, you can't. There's no denying that that is a super inexpensive and healthy way to get more protein into your diet. I mean, you know, if you st- yeah, vegetables are more expensive. Everything's more expensive. But yeah. you know, if you're looking at maybe cutting out some of the the heavier and harder to digest proteins like animal proteins and. Um, not cutting it out altogether. I'm not saying you need to do that, but if you cut hmm. back, you'll see your grocery bill will change if you go more towards these, le- you know, less expensive forms of protein. And even oatmeal has protein in it. Oh, I didn't realize BTW. that. BTW. Um, but yeah, and, and then we have like another trend is meals that come in bowls. I love this mm-hmm. because I've been looking. I've been looking at all the trend reports, and people don't seem to know why meals in bowls are so trendy. I'm like, well, because they're easy to eat. Yeah. Right. I mean, you can pack them full of all kinds of great things, but. There's a lip on a bowl. This is why bowls are amazing. It's not like a it's plate easy. where they're fi- it's like you're scooping it off onto your lap, right? And it feels like a meal. Um, so yep. Kim, thank you so much for coming in. I know there's like so many more tips. I know. A lot of information, great recipes on your website as well, kimdion.com. You can also find her on Twitter and Instagram at kimdion.com. Uh, thank you so much. My pleasure. Look so much fun. Coming back. Get healthy. And uh, everyone now is going to grate their vegetables. And, <laughs> and I'm just going to keep drinking whatever kind of food that I can. Half a lemon. Uh, yeah, half a lemon. That's do the it, one people. thing you want everyone to do, right? Drink them. the juice of half a lemon every day with warm water. Start yeah. with that. Easy Start tips, with that. Right? Yep. Okay. Thanks, Kim. Coming up after the break, I want to hear about your annoying uh, flying pet peeves. Text in 71010 because I just spent a lot of time on a plane, and I think a lot of you may have shared some of these same experiences. You're listening to The Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. Taking a quick break. We'll be back right after this. Now back to The Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. Hey, thanks for tuning in, and uh, I guess welcome back to the show after a bit of a, a little break. I was, as I mentioned off the top of the show, in case you missed it, uh, I was in Taiwan for almost three weeks with my family, which is, um, first, it's a long time to be away. Secondly, it's a long time to be with family <laughs> when you, like, left home at 18 and haven't spent more than you know a couple of days at a time with them but actually it was it was nice it was it was good it was intense 
family time. And uh, it was an important trip because my uh, my parents are, are both older and I have a lot of extended family in Taiwan where um, I was born. And I don't get to see them very often and I, I don't feel super connected to my extended family, which is which is unfortunate. So I think I'm realizing as I get older and watching my relatives get older that, you know, I don't have much of a direct connection to some of my family. Uh, and people talk about getting together over the holidays with their aunts and uncles and cousins. And that was just something that I never experienced. And, you know, it's important to kind of reach out and go, you know, I... I should make an effort to to know these people and, and find a way to stay in touch with them. And I have to say that one of the um, cool things about social media and people joke sometimes, they say, aren't you tired of, uh, are you exhausted um, by having to be on Twitter all the time or posting on Instagram? And I don't have to do any of those things. I actually, I, I genuinely enjoy tweeting. I get a lot of information on Twitter. I've made some amazing friends uh, online. And I love posting to Instagram and I love surfing and seeing what cool things people post from all around the world. So I really do enjoy those things. And because I ha do, you know, do it quite regularly, I feel like this is where the jet lag is kicking in. I can't get my words out. Um, I had this really crazy experience where I was getting off a MRT train in Taipei. So they have sort of like a sky train like they do in, in Vancouver. It's above ground. It runs so efficiently. Oh my God. Like when you have to deal with the TTC every day living in Toronto and then you get to go somewhere where even though I don't read and write the language and I have my Mandarin's very broken, their um, public transportation system, their MRT system is so easy to follow and understand that you can get around um, effortlessly know exactly where to get off, figure out, you know, what stop you need to be at, when, where to transfer. And it is, um, it's just, it's great. Like it, my brother was traveling with a baby. And if the minute you get on with a child, there will be a volunteer or a staff member who comes right up to you, even on the really crowded trains, if you're traveling during rush hour, they'll come up to you and they'll ask you if you need a seat. Because what they will do is they will actually approach people who are sitting in the, you know, the designated seats uh, that you're supposed to vacate for the elderly or for um, parents or someone who's expecting. They will make sure they get you a seat. And it's really quite, it's great that way. Also in Taiwan, elderly people will get out of their seats for children. They make children sitting down on public transportation uh, as a priority. So it's it's really quite nice to see that. I find it's quite different than being on the Queen Streetcar downtown Toronto. So because I had to fly to Taiwan, I spent a lot of time on a plane. I would love to know. You can text in at 71010 or you can call in at uh, 416-872-1010. Is that the right number, Mike? Did I just make it up? Great, because I feel like maybe I accidentally gave up my own number. <laughs> and then my cell phone will start ringing. I would love to know from you the type of passenger on a plane that drives you bonkers. So basically, your flying pet peeves. I saw this really great uh, survey recently, and I agreed with almost all of it. There are a few that I didn't totally agree with. But for me, for example, the simple things like the person who hogs the uh, armrest, you know, that person who makes sure that they stick their elbow out just into your space. We only have about 12 inches to sit. And someone who sticks their elbow out and just like refuses to share the armrest. That is a big pet peeve. Um, also the person who kicks the back of your chair constantly. 
That drives me nuts. I also think it's really rude because, you know, everyone now, because you're being charged to check luggage. So most people will bring a small rolly suitcase, right? Because usually you can get that into the overhead compartment. I think because you know that everyone is traveling with some sort of duffel bag or a small suitcase that needs to go overhead, that when you put your suitcase in or your bag, you make sure that you kind of stuff it in nicely or you push it off to the side and that if there is room left in the cab in that compartment that you leave it open. I once got onto a flight where it was a full flight, but the girl that had got into my row before me, she took her suitcase and you know how you churn it um, the I guess lengthwise way you turn it so that the the sh- the shorter end faces out like a shoebox, you know, so you can see the side there instead of widthwise, which takes up more space. She had taken her suitcase and she'd put it, thrown it overhead in the middle, and it was widthwise because all she had to do was spin it around, and then suddenly it would have left room for two more suitcases. And she threw her jacket up there, and then she threw like another bag. And I just thought it was so completely rude. So that's another um, annoying pet peeve. So I want you to text in 71010. Let me know what drives you nuts, the people you hate when you're flying. So I found this great survey online They uh, done by Just the Flight. They surveyed 5,000 people. Here are some of the top people that we, the public, dislike flying with. Uh, 59% of people said people that smell. I agree. You are sitting very closely to people for a very long time. Look, my flight to Taipei was 16 hours on the way there. My flight back was so much shorter. It was 14 hours. I spent a lot of time on an airplane. And the flight back, the guy next to me could have used a shower. So I didn't appreciate that. 54% of people say they can't stand seat kickers. I think it's very rude. Um... Let's see. Okay, so you can text in 71010. Someone texted in and said the worst is uh, someone who is tall, whose head is towering over the seat in front of you and has a lot of dandruff. Wow. And apparently the flight attendants actually moved this listener because of how much dandruff was falling on them. That's like, that's that's a snowfall. That's a blizzard. Uh, This is also a pet peeve of mine. I know that if you're flying with a baby, your baby's going to cry. That, it, it happens. I don't think you can be angry about that. That's that's just the way it is. What I what does drive me nuts, and this has happened to me, is uh, people who act like just because they're on a plane, they can check out, uh, uh, you know, in terms of anything that their child is doing. I once sat, you know, the three-seater. I once sat next to a kid who was maybe about 10 years old and his mom, and he was playing a video game at full volume, which I think is incredibly rude. I don't think you should play music or your iPad or anything without headphones on, on a plane. And also he kept kicking the seat in front of him and she just did nothing. Not just couldn't be bothered. That to me, rude, not okay. Carrying on, uh, people who are rude to flight attendants, 37% of people say uh, that is their pet peeve. I agree with that. Uh, they're not They're not your servants. Come on. Um, the drunk. Oh, that's a fun one, isn't it? The person who drinks too much. I think this probably happened more when drinks were free. <laughs> and now that you have to pay for them, maybe a little bit less so. And uh, I don't think this is a big deal. Uh, 30% of people say they can't stand passengers who recline their seats. 
Well, if you recline, if the seat in front of me reclines, I just kind of automatically recline my seat. I feel like it's a bit of a domino effect. Uh, the only thing I ask is that when it's when there is a meal, that I think everyone should put their seats back up, right? So you can text in at seven ten ten. Let me know the type of passenger that drives you nuts the most. Uh, oh, tell me how you think about what you think about this one. I don't know, Mike. I'll ask you. I'm not sure if you're if you have a thoughts on this. Uh, people who clap when the plane lands. Yay or nay? Um, I'll I'll admit something to you that's very embarrassing. <laughs> oh no. Um, I am a the first time I ever flown in a plane was uh, last September. Wow. I went 28 years without ever being in a plane. Wow. Yeah. Where and did you go? I went flew. I drove out to Vancouver yeah. on a road trip, and then wow. I flew back here. That was your first time on that a plane. My, yeah, Vancouver to you Toronto. You clap then when the plane. I landed. didn't clap. Oh. <laughs> But I was in amazing relief. It was oh. my first plane ever, and we went through a little bit of turbulence. I'm sure it was a normal flight. Yeah, but you didn't know. I was gripping oh. my armrests for the entire duration of the trip, thinking, oh, my God, what is that? Oh, no, what is that? And what I kept bringing me down to reality was in the next seat over was this lovely old woman who helped me out with a few things. And she was sleeping. Yeah. And there's kids behind me, children, sleeping. And all this stuff is happening. I'm just thinking, oh, my God, is that a normal noise? Is that a normal movement? So when we finally hit uh, the planes coming around over Oakville, and I'm looking up, and I had a window seat. So yeah. the entire time, I'm just looking at the window, going, oh, my, is this normal descent? Is this normal? <laughs> the engines are backing off. Is that normal? And once we got to it, I said, I'm not a religious person, but I said a small prayer oh. to myself when we got back. Have you been on a plane since? Not since. I'm not opposed <laughs> to it. But I, I I don't understand how people can do it regularly because it's it's a heck of a thing to go in a tube up in the air like that. <laughs> <laughs> and don't you you're like man science technology engineering how do they get such a heavy thing off the ground right I understand actually while I was flying over in my head I was thinking about the principles of lift <laughs> I was literally thinking in my head okay it's low pressure over <sighs> the wing high pressure over underneath the wing lifts the plane up this is what's happening so we're fine so yeah. Oh my God, um, I don't have a you. lot of pet peeves. I'm I probably was someone's pet you peeve. Were on that you're the anxious flyer <laughs> yes. that three percent of people say drives them nuts. But that's only three percent. But yeah. you're also like that adorable person that someone says, "This is this guy's first flight." I got. They made uh, the they made a big deal the about it, right? Oh, it's your first flight. <laughs> oh, well, hey everybody. So yeah, I got uh, everyone knew. I had someone helped me out when we got to Pearson. They told me where to go to get my bags. That and is I very nice. That. Yeah, everyone's. It was a great experience. Overall. Well, I hope your next flight is smooth. But that clapping thing is a bit weird. Uh, anyway, thanks. Oh, thanks for your text. I'm just seeing some of them come in now. Um, people. Oh, someone said they dislike passengers who have loud conversations. Ditto. I agree with that. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. And you can find uh, podcasts of the show, paychen.com. Also, Twitter, Instagram, at paychen. You can find me on Facebook as well. My niece is really cute. Just want to remind you of that. Uh, have a great weekend. And I'll be back next Saturday.